Hey, welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegriff, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. Thank you so much for being with me. Next to me is my friend, the esteemed Dr. Reverend Chad Flowers. Thank you so much for being with me, man. Honored to be here. Yeah, I um, yeah, we've got a little bit of a history in that. I, you know, I get to call you friend, even though you know you do have the title of doctor and you do have the title of reverend as an ordained minister. I get to just call you Chad. That works for and, me. <laughs> it's easier to remember. And, uh, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, I'm happy to have you as a friend, yeah. and you know, I'm I'm happy that you decided to be on the podcast with me because I think you have a unique story that is applicable to a lot of dads. I know that it's still applicable to me, and it definitely was applicable to me at a few years ago, but there's a lot of dads out there who want to pursue education. They want to get mm-hmm. that degree, or they they want Absolutely. to take the next step in the Equip journey. themselves, better themselves. Yeah, they want to better themselves, whether it's just personal, whether it's for their family, mm-hmm. whether it's for their professional career. But you have kids, and you think, oh, yep. they get all my time. I, I don't have time to do this. You know, you're living proof that that's not true. I've done it a little bit, but you've done it a lot. So I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say I've done it successfully, but I've certainly tried. You've you've tried, but you you have reached that academic milestone. And congratulations, by the way, Thank for that. You. But you've done it and you've maintained at least on the outward looking from the outside, uh-huh. you know, from my perspective, it looks like you've done a a pretty decent job at it. You're very uh, kind. <laughs> so we're going to have you share some wisdom on the process. So if you're at this point in life where you think, you know, I, I want to get a degree, I want to pursue my career, but I'm a dad, I don't have time to do it. We're going to help you today and let you know that you can do it and it is achievable. So mm-hmm. um, let's start out with this. For all of us non-doctors out there, what's the workload like when you're trying to get your PhD? It is a part-time job. <laughs> it's not a weekend activity. Um, it may vary on the program that you go through, what university um, and doctoral program that you go through. Um, I can just share my experience. I, I went to Dallas Baptist University, where I hear, you know, here in the DFW area, and I did a, a PhD in leadership studies. Um, I already had a master's degree in counseling, so I had a uh, while pastoring. I had a private. I do still have a private practice as a as a licensed professional counselor here in the state of Texas. Uh, but for the sake of pastoring, and I know some uh, some of this may answer some questions, or we can get into this more in sure. other future questions. But uh, knowing that I'm pastoring, knowing that I just I'm blessed to be able to feel a call of of helping people and lead people. I wanted to further myself and equip myself, better myself for the sake of our church and anything else that I might get to do, whether it's in our organization mm-hmm. of the United Pentecostal Church International or just in within my community here in Mesquite on this east side of Dallas. So the program at Dallas Baptist University, it required three years of academic work. And it's not like if, if you have any college experience where in bachelor's degree, undergrad or in master's level, you get to go kind of pick your classes. It's a set program. Mm. So you have to apply, uh, go through interviews, those things, you get accepted. uh, And then it's a set program for them. It starts in the summertime. And then it's three years from the summer semester all the way to 
taking comps at the end of the summer semester three years later, and then after taking comprehensive ex exams over everything that you've done, uh, those, I uh, believe it's 60 hours of work, then you're at dissertation stage. Mm -hmm. And that's really kind of on you like a marathon for how fast you want to run it. I had some of my cohorts that I have one that finished their dissertation within about six months or less, and they graduated. I had some of my good friends that graduated a year ago. Well, for me, I'm almost two years later and uh, and I'm done, I, but it's taken a, between a year and a half and two years wow. after the three years. So I think to get back to your original question, how long did it take? For me in this program, it took just shy of five years to complete. Wow. wow. So, so well, my next because point. of children and family sure, and yeah. other things. Yeah, but I think it's good, you know, and we'll get to this a little bit later, that you took the time needed to do both. Um now, I think you've already answered the second question that I was going to ask, because I have my bachelor's degree. And just for the dads out there who maybe want to start there at that level, I went to WGU, which is all uh, competency-based. I did mine in 16 months. Okay. Um, now, I had younger kids, which worked out. I It was fun. My wife and I joke about it because I was able you know, to somehow pull it off. But um, our son was two going on three. Yeah. We had our daughter. Mm -hmm. While I was doing this, we moved houses while I was doing this. It's like we had a lot of different change while I was trying to do this. And I always joke, I think I could have done it yeah. faster if we didn't have a kid and move and houses. I, and I remember, <laughs> I remember you going through yeah. those changes. Yeah. So that, so that was really fun. But, you know, it, it's definitely something that you can do. But for me, it was all, it was all nighttime prep. Like that's, that's the way yeah. that I did it. Mm -hmm. um, now, my second question was, is the doctoral work, how does it compare to undergrad and other degrees, it sounds like it's a little more rigorous, it, a little more difficult. <laughs> you know, I don't know if difficult is the word unless we just look at difficulty of just larger workload. Mm -hmm. um, you're definitely stretching yourself. Uh, one of the advice, pieces of advice that I was given in during the application process for this and kind of when I was weighing things out, preparing to in, apply was that it's not about what's the best time to pursue either a doctorate or any kind of degree, but when you have children, mm -hmm. uh, you're growing your family, and, and then, of course, time with your spouse. Yeah. I mean, the truth is my wife's name really should be on my yes. <laughs> <laughs> diploma as much as anybody because she's either helped or had to endure yes. the workload, but you really are choosing the what's the lesser worst time. Gotcha. Because, and one of the things that I evaluated was, okay, this is going to be at least a four-year program. So for me, I was applying in early spring of, of 2017 to begin this program. Mm -hmm. So I had to look at the ages of my kids and estimating, okay, if this is taking, they advertise four years, but talking to those that completed it, okay, I'm seeing the average is five to six years. So where are my kids going to be at during those five or six years? Yeah. What's going on developmentally in them? Because uh, I have two daughters and I have a son. You know, where are they going to be at? When I started this program, my oldest was only seven. Okay. And my youngest wasn't even two years old yet. Okay. Well, now my oldest daughter is 13. My middle daughter, Kira, that's Jaden. And then my middle daughter, Kira, is 10, mm -hmm. uh, going to be 11 this summer. And then my... Hurricane in the flesh, Chandler, <laughs> my son. Uh, he 
he just turned seven. Yeah. And so for me, deciding the worst of times was was what the better of the worst times was, well, it will be better that I do this now and I'll be done before my oldest gets really deep into her teenage years. Sure. Searching out her identity, find those things that everybody goes through, just yeah. the pressures of life, peer pressure, and then everything that the others are going through. So that's what made me decide now is the time to do this rather yeah. than try to wait. Because if I wait till later, it's just always easier to push things off. Sure. But you figure out, okay, I can do this and be done before. That's a good piece of wise advice, you know, determining what's the lesser, worst time to do something because... Life's busy. Life life is busy. And yeah, while little kids are tough, little kids are a little bit more predictable than I think probably teenagers are because you get into a world of high school and you've got peers and yeah. they're Abs- smarter. They're abstract make, thinking, yeah, attitudes, all yeah. that stuff. All sorts of stuff happens at that point. And... It's a good piece of advice. Appreciate that. Yes, sir. So, so it's a little more rigorous. It's definitely more time consuming. Um, and you talked about this a little bit already, but maybe let's expand it at this point. Mm-hmm. Motivation behind the degree, the doctorate sure. work. You know, more than you know. You already said your church, your community, but was there any thinking as far as you know? This is going to benefit me professionally, maybe for some new opportunities. This is going to benefit me with uh, within my family. I'll be able to do more with my kids, mm-hmm. per se. What, what all was going through your mind as far as, let me let me go ahead and do this now? I know one thing about me, Anthony, that I know, and I would, I would start to answer this question by saying, make sure that you're self-aware as much as possible about your personality, how you, what makes you tick, know your, as best you can, your quirks, your imperfections, because we, we judge every, this is the counselor coming out at me a little bit, but you know, we <laughs> always, it's easy to judge everybody by their actions. We always judge ourselves by our intentions. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're always the innocent party. Sure. Um, <laughs> That's good. And so I guess just having, in pursuing a counseling degree, they make you take a battery of different psychological tests. So I was aware of my own, how I was. And as I'm chasing that rabbit, I, I you may have to pull me back to making sure I answer the question you, correctly. You, you go, go down the trail. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the, so I'm so, so that I make sure I stay safe. What was the original question this time? Motiv- motivation, motivation for the degree. Okay. Motivation for the degree. So knowing that I'm self-aware of myself, where I'm at in life as a, as taking on the senior pastor of this church mm-hmm. and knowing the quality of people that we have here, knowing because I grew up in the senior pastor's home I've known where this church has been. I have the unique opportunity of knowing where it's at right now. And I've also been highly blessed to be able to have a hand in determining where do we want to take this church. Yeah. And so I understand being a part of this DFW Metroplex, knowing the type of people that are around us that we're reaching, uh, and then the complexities of, of a growing church, the administration of everything. A doctorate in leadership studies was not going to hurt. It was only going to help. Sure. Um, what's interesting is is that in this particular church, we've only had one other person that I'm aware of graduate with a doctoral level degree. Mm. A lot of people with bachelors and masters these days. Sure. So I kind of wanted. I felt like if you want to call it the the carnal side of me, wanted to kind of break that ceiling of showing, hey, 
if I as a pastor can do it with three children at home, sure, anybody can do it. Yeah. But then more to the, okay, with the leadership training, the application of the degree, it was there are things that I've seen it be able to help me in my strategic planning okay. of things, things to be aware of, because that degree of leadership, they have concentration. Just again, just talking about what a PhD in leadership studies from Dallas Baptist University offers, there's four concentrations. There is uh, business, there is education, higher education, there is uh, uh, general leadership, and then there's ministry. Okay. leadership. Well, to give you an idea of business, uh, at least as of a few years ago, so if the CEO has changed, then it would have been one that was the current CEO as of about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. But at that time, the current CEO of Baylor, Scott & White, yeah. had graduated with this degree. Okay, But then also, the president of the university, and Dallas Baptist University is a university that has about as of right now, circa between seven and 8,000 students um, and all that's on their campus and what they do beyond just their local campus. They've got a few different satellite campuses. They're growing. They just had hired, I think in 2016, the college president had graduated with this same degree in the higher ed uh, concentration. So for me in ministry, I knew, okay, they're going to be able to make it applicable to what I do here. Yeah. So I learned things about thinking strategically about doing stats work on your local area around your church so that as you're planning strategy, you know, just as businesses and corporations do it, I learned how to do that here. But then also the people aspect. It's by no means, I wasn't used, seeing this as a Bible college type thing. Sure. So it wasn't so much there to exist to help me learn how to study the Bible better but it definitely, because PhD doctorates, there's different kinds of doctorates. Yeah. Um, and I don't just mean like medical, but there are even beyond that, there's applied doctorates. There's there's different kinds. There's EDD, you know, for, for people that want to go into education. The PhD, it's a research-based doctorate. So it's a lot of reading mm-hmm. and a lot of writing. Uh, that would be, I think, one of your previous questions was, what's the difference? Well, bachelor's and master's, and my master's level my thesis, the longest thing that I wrote was about 50 to 60 pages. Yeah. Okay. Well, you start doing that almost once a semester. Wow. In a, but it's not about, well, it's okay. I just can't do it. It's just you, they stretch you to learn yeah. how to do that. It's, it's not that you walk in knowing how to do that. Well, the being forced to know how to read, I get tickled when I see people post on social media, this is my stack of books for the year. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I, I did that last semester. <laughs> and it's not that you're, you learn how to read fast. You yeah. learn how to, you learn how to do research. Sure. Um, but so I, I'm kind of circling back to your previous question of what's the load like. Yeah. Um, but you do get used to it. it sure. You do it first, it freaks you out, but then you do get used to it. I'm freaked out listening to you. <laughs> but then part of coming back to the rest of this, what was the motivation? Yeah. Beyond that, I do be along with pastoring. I don't see myself this pastoring Emmanuel Pentecostal Church is not a stepping stone to something else. I feel my calling is to help people heal emotionally. Mm-hmm. That's why I became a counselor. As a pastor, I get to also fulfill that calling by getting to lead this incredible group of people here. But also with that, I've have discovered through pastoring and counseling with people that 
I don't know that I'm the, I don't claim to be good at it, but I enjoy teaching. Yeah. And so getting to teach, I'm finding, I mean, that's as a pastor, I would rather teach than preach. Sure. I'm thankful that at least my church thinks I'm a good preacher, but I, I feel like I'm a better teacher than I am a preacher. Well, I'd like to take that to the college level. Yeah. And, you know, our organization is blessed with several Bible colleges and whatnot, but I wanted to get qualifications that would allow me to perhaps be an adjunct teacher in one of our local colleges or local universities. Yeah, wow. Because just for example, now I have not tried this yet, so talk to me in a couple years and let's see if you got it. If you know this sounds good right now, yeah. we'll see how practical it is. But we have a, a local community college right here mm-hmm. in in Mesquite, and I don't know where all your listeners are at, but just on this east side of Dallas, the Dallas Community College system is amazing, and I'm a, I, I'm an alumni of it. That's how I got my start. Well. To my knowledge, we don't have any apostolic professors there. So for me, I feel like, you know what, this is an opportunity yeah. to go into a place where we don't have an apostolic presence. I understand there's protocols, there's things I have to be mindful of. You're working in a secular environment. But how amazing would it be if at that level of influence, yeah. if I'm there so that when opportunity comes to be a light yeah. to hurting people, students, or other faculty... I'm in. That's awesome. And I have a secular, or at least a qualification that is secularly recognized sure. to be there. Yeah. That's part of the motivation. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's really cool. That's. A, I hope that works out for you. Me too. I really do. I'm excited to look into it. <clears throat> so, all right. So you talked about the freaky workload a little bit more. Let's jump back into this, but in relation to your role as a dad. Okay. Okay, so you've got... You know, a thousand books a semester you've got to read. You've got all these papers you've got to write. You're being stretched, but you still have to be a dad. You still got to be a husband. Yes, sir. So were there ever challenges that you faced where you thought, okay, I'm doing this wrong. I've got to change my approach. Just start to talk about that. Oh, yes. I think you would feel this at any level of pursuing education. I don't think, don't fool yourself that you wouldn't deal with this until a doctorate, but I had to learn again. Here's the self awareness thing mm-hmm. coming back on me. I, how I handle stress, is I I I will get grouchy, short tempered at home, um, you know, communicate on the basic things, but there's not any creative energy to to be a joy to be around. Mm-hmm. And then also, all I want to do is is when I'm home and I've poured. I've emptied my bucket of all energy for other things that you have to do through the day, your day job. I just want to go to sleep. It's it's, yeah. it's it's the way of retreat and hide. It's kind of that fight or flight. Yes. So as a as a growing mature adult and 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 aspiring husband and dad, you've got to be aware of how you handle stress. Um Yes, you don't grow if you're not willing to be stretched, but there's got to be strong communication, particularly with your spouse. Yeah. So for me, how that plays out in a little example is that, you know, we started in the summer, the program at DBU. So other programs will all be different, but for their program, it started in the summertime. They tweak it for the summer, but when we got to the fall, like anything else, there's kind of that, there's, there's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a hybrid of online 
And then there's three weekends that you, for a Friday and Saturday, you have to be there on site for classes. Okay. Okay. So that's once a month, three times during the fall and in the spring. So that fall semester was a learning experience. And I told my wife going in, I'm going to learn to see what this is like. Mm -hmm. I want you to take notes. I'm going to take notes for, you know, tell me how I am through this. And so we learned that, okay, but even like regular regular classes, maybe at a bachelor or master's degree level, there's fi- there's midterms, there's finals, there's papers to be due. So I learned to communicate with my wife, particularly, okay, in the latter half of the semester, I'm going to do my best to be more aware of how I am and work harder to structure, because I'm blessed as a pastor to be able to have a lot more control of my schedule. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean there's not just as busy, but I can, it's not, a, I have to go show up at nine sure. and work till five and then I get to come home. I, yeah. I can be a little more structured. I can have a little more control of that. Right. Well, I'm going to be doing my best and be mindful that, okay, the stress load's going to be heavier in the latter half. So I'm going to be doing what I can. We're going to be talking. If I know that I've got a test this week, hey, that particular week, how can I be able to back away a little bit? I'm still engaged long term, but just for that little unique season, it's going to be high stress. Yeah. How let's look at that week. Let's structure the dinner times and things. And you know what? It wasn't perfect. Sure. I mean, there were there were times, some days we hit it out of the park. Yeah. I was so thinking. And then there were times that just something life happens and yeah. sorry. We've now we've talked about it, but you know what? You you can't disengage. You right. gotta be there. So, you know, I think being mindful of what your work the seasons of your workload. And constantly talking with your spouse, yeah, and knowing when you're aware of, okay, this is when I'm completely out of gas, so I need to learn where I need to refuel mm-hmm. to the point of because I have flexibility in my schedule. Literally, it's like, okay, this night is an off night; it's our family night. Yeah, you are burned out, so that means I need to get home early before the kids get out. Yeah, and a couple times I would purposely take a nap. Yeah, just to replenish some. So that that way I could be not just physically there, but I could be mentally checked into. Sure. If it's just playing dominoes around the table, yeah, I can be there with my kids. Or because of their different age levels, I can get in the floor and play with my son mm-hmm. instead of just say hi or constantly say, "Well, Daddy's busy." Yeah. And again, it it sounds good. It you it it doesn't always go perfectly, but the point is. Uh, have a plan and always be striving and let your spouse particularly know, Hey, I'm, I'm engaged. I'm not checking out. Yeah. Communication is a big thing. I think we often downplay it in just about every situation that it is applicable, especially within the home and the marriage, you've got to have great communication, but even in business, I mean, as a project manager, I remember there's so much, there's so much value in the no update update. Yes. I mean, if I'm doing something for you and working on a project for you and you have a particular timeline and you're expecting things to get done, it, it puts you at ease. If I say, Hey, sorry, nothing's happened yet. Still working on it. Just wanted to let you know, we we're still thinking about you stuff like that. It it really diligence. Yeah. yeah. It goes a long way. So having that communication between you and your spouse, very important using it as an opportunity for you to be aware of what you're doing. But also I thought this was, was great that you gave her the opportunity to help her speak into your life and say, have you thought about this? You know, this seems like another yeah. area where maybe you've team. messed up. 
yeah, exactly. You're a team. You're you're parenting together. Um, yeah, communication super key. Um, and in another interview that I've done, similar, not quite the same topic, but more of starting a business uh, with Ryan O'Neill. Yeah, um, he was the same thing. He and his wife. They had communication, they set guidelines, and they did it together. Mm -hmm. And yeah, he had, you know, crazy workload. Now, he talked about, and I think you've shared this with me in the past, he had to wake up early in the morning. And I think you've shared with me, if you want to get anything done as an individual, you're going to have to wake up at about 4.30. And that right there, part of managing your time. Yeah. Um, You know, for me, some people are night owls, and so they just like my wife. I'm a night owl. She just does better after the kids are in bed. Yeah. Me, I'm kissing my last child goodnight after I've gone made my rounds to all of them. Yeah. And then I'm going straight to (laughs) because I'm tired. Yeah. Um, and it's not that she's not, but for me, I just know. uh, There's a book by Carrie Newoff called "At Your Best." Okay. And and not to not to recite this whole book but he's basically making the argument you've got three zones green yellow and red okay uh for your for your uh, most creative time and ability to really get things done you know green zone yellow zone red zone well my red zone hits about 7 38 o'clock at night yeah i just i can be awake but don't ask me to do anything creative sure. I, as a preacher as a pastor yeah. i'm not doing sermon prep at that time of night <laughs> i'm not writing paper right. at that time of night i would rather wake up at i'd rather go to bed at 9 and wake up at 3 a.m. wow and start working on it than then stay up till 3 a.m. and then go to bed and get a few hours of sleep sure it's just the way that i'm wired i mean it's and that's where you got to know know you know know yourself and uh so for me, yes, many a time throughout these last several years, alarm was going off at three thirty or four. Wow! So that I get have a couple of hours to do things before waking my kids up for school and and then getting them rolling. Yeah. Okay. So let's re- let's recap a little bit because I'm going to ask you a question that sure. I didn't give you ahead of time. Okay. But you've inspired it, so maybe I'll give you an opportunity to let the uh, counselor out of the bag again. And, I'll do my and best. Help some people, but. Um, a couple of things that I want to recap. One, you know, with the challenges of doing this as a uh-huh. father, uh, setting some good guidelines in place, primarily for you, communication between you and your wife, yeah. and just making sure that you're being mindful of what's going on. Is there a better way to do it? The second thing is that it's not going to be perfect. Like you're going to yeah. be, some your, days are not going to go mess the way up you some days. Yes. It's okay. It, that's a part of it. Failure is a part of the process. That's the reason I start every episode with, I'm not the perfect dad. <laughs> like, don't yeah. cut, like, I can give you some advice and I can give you some good afterthought, but you know, everything yeah. that I say is not progress, not perfection. Yeah. It's, it's not gold. So I'm not perfect. I'm just, I'm just here to try and help. Um, so I think those are two important things to uh-huh. talk about, but you have brought something up throughout this interview and you have hit it constantly again and again, and that is self-awareness. Yes. Okay, so it sounds like this is a pretty important element in probably not just education, but additional ventures outside of the routine. Absolutely. Okay, so what are some things that we as dads can do to gain a better self-awareness of ourselves? Mm -hmm. What are some steps we can take? I think you're one of the one of the first ones. I'm not going to claim this is the very first one, but look backward, okay, at your own childhood with your with your 
parents, your father or father figure, if if the biological father wasn't present. Sure. Um, and then even just your history, you know, uh, this sounds weird, but like, uh, you know, part of, I think, being a responsible adult, mm-hmm. not just father and husband, but being a responsible adult is is your own personal care. And part of that being regular annual checkups, mm-hmm. physical, annual physicals, those blood work, those kind of things to understand part of how you know how you tick is also understand biologically what what's going on in your body. Are you prone to heart attacks? Are you prone? Do you see in your medical history or your family history, is there a, is there a pattern of, of, of how anger is dealt with? Okay. How de- are you prone to depression or anxiety? That's what I mean by self-awareness because that's going to play out in how, number one, your perception of life. Okay. Um, how driven are you? You know, your perspective. Is everybody out to get you? Yeah. Um, is everybody just a, a rotten sinner, you know, so, yeah. you know, no way they're all going to heaven? Or do right. you look at it? Have you trained yourself to look at it as, you know what? God has me here for such a time as this to reach, to you know, to strive for this opportunity. Sure. So I can better myself and it's going to better my family. It's going to help me be better for my kids because it's going to allow me opportunities to get better job. That's what I mean by equipping yeah. yourself and, or is it just personal ambition and you're not thinking one thing about your spouse or your kids? Yeah. That's what I mean by self-awareness. That's good. I also say, uh, uh, count the cost yeah. that choosing the lesser of worst times. There's never about a good time. It's the lesser of worst times. And some people may say, well, if I just, man, if I just wasn't married and didn't have kids, well, what's amazing, Anthony is, is, and I'm not putting down, but yeah, there are a couple of my cohorts that finished before me that were single and didn't, you know, they're not married and I have kids, but there's a lot more that are single that I'm finishing before they are. Yeah. And I'm by no means claiming that I'm way busier. Sure. But my point is, is don't fool yourself into thinking, well, because of where I'm at in life, I just can't do it. No, it is it, everybody. Life is busy for everybody. And if you're sitting there thinking right now, well, if I just had one more day in the week or if I could have more five more hours in the day, but yet you've got dreams of wanting to accrue more or climb the le- you know, climb that corporate ladder, how are you going to do that if you're not a good manager of your time and maximizing your time and being aware of where you thrive, where your shortcomings are and you aren't proactively working to hone in on those things. Sure. Okay. So let me ask you a follow-up question because that's really good. So let's say we do the hard work to figure ourselves out and there's parts about ourselves that we don't like. How do we go about making change? Is it just one, I'm sure it's gradual. Mm -hmm. You're not just going to immediately say, I'm a happy person now every single day. Like I I understand that's not going to happen, but what's maybe the first step in after we've identified, maybe we have an anger issue. Sure. What do we well, do? You remember you're talking to a counselor. Yeah, I know. So, That's why I'm throwing these so, questions. At you. So Proverbs tells us yeah. there's safety in the multitude of counsel. Mm-hmm. Matthew 18, 20 talks about we think in terms of just prayer, but right. where two or three are gathered together, yeah. there am I. Well, I think that can also be it's not just praying, but also in counseling sure. and searching yourself out. Um making sure your relationships are healthy. And I define healthy. I mean, I know we're here we are chasing a rabbit, but right. but 
a healthy relationship is one that edifies the yeah. other and edifies God in their life. That doesn't just tell you what you want to hear. Sure. But maybe what you're pursuing or perceiving as your wife nagging you, um, we always can work on how we communicate, but but maybe you should stop and finally listen. Yeah. You know, they're, 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 you know she sees you better than anybody else. Yeah. That's a that's a strength. That's not a weak. That's not a yeah. bad thing. Uh, and so, under first and foremost, is look around you and say who is, who is here to help sharpen me. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. We start ideally within our family, our 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 spouse, um, certainly our children. My my best teachers in life right now at my stage of life with a seven, ten, and thirteen year old yeah. are my teachers. Because they show me constantly what I need to work on. Yeah. And uh, uh, again, chasing a rabbit here, but like using a counseling technique that I'm practicing is when my seven-year-old, because he's seven and he knows how to push my buttons, and I don't know that it's about it's him, it's just at that age. Sure. You know, and, and I see all that they could do, but I have to remember I'm talking to a child. Well, if I see that I'm getting angry, and anger is always associated with a lack of control. Kids tend to bring the the worst of uh, yeah. out in us because there's so much you can't control. <laughs> yes. Well, before it gets to a place to where my blood pressure is up high and I'm yelling and screaming yeah. and or and, and and or you know you know you're 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 dishing out discipline that yes. it's questionable is was it did it have to escalate to that level? Is my wife may come by and throw out a code word. And we we use a we use a a name. We just picked yeah. a name and just hey babe, did you remember to call so and so? Well, in our house, the way we're set up is is that if I need to if I sometimes need to make a phone call at home, I yeah. go to my bedroom because that leaves me takes me out of the common area where yeah. everybody's at, and uh, so my kids are used to that. Well, they don't know that that they don't know who they don't know who yeah. just going to use the word Mario. Hey babe, do you remember to call Mario today? Yeah. You know. That's a code for me. I understand what that That's means. Clever. Is, hey, babe, you, you're getting you things are getting a little tense. You yeah. know, maybe you need to back away. That's like, so it gives me a way to say thumbs up, step. I have to be disciplined sure. to do it, but to step away, go to my bedroom. The kids think, oh, daddy's making a phone call. No, what I'm doing is I'm taking a little time out myself to calm down. Yeah. So. Those kind of practices. That's, that's awesome. That's that's a great idea. I know my wife listens to this podcast because she loves me so much. So, yeah. so uh, she's going to ask you if you've called Mario. We're definitely right. going to use Inigo Montoya from <laughs> from now on. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he killed my father. Yeah, let me give him a call. Um, okay, that's fantastic. I appreciate that so Absolutely. much. Absolutely. Um, what last question that I've got for you? And um, if it's what you've already said, you can echo a little bit more. But the last thing that I want to ask you is to all the dads out there. Who, who want to advance their education, you've been through the journey, so what mm-hmm. wisdom would you pass on to them? If you haven't, if there's anything else that maybe you haven't said, what would you pass on? Number one, you can do it. You have to count the cost. That means a lot of communication with your with your spouse. That's that's talking to representatives from the university. I mean, you can, you can before I ever did any application, I said, I scheduled a meeting with the dean of that of over that area of the university, and we had a one on one, and I had questions on, hey, what kind of hour, you know, and yeah, certain seasons of preparing for tests, you may be having to pour fifteen to twenty hours 
a week into it. You mm. can't you can't just skirt by. So I had okay. Here was my experience in lower levels of education, and so get your questions answers. Do your homework. You know, don't. My worst my worst mistake is assumption, and so don't don't leave any stone unturned, because not only is it that you're on this quest to better yourself, but it's expensive. Whether you pay for it outright or take on student loans. You you have to count that cost of it too. That's good. And so, is this going to qualify you? For, are you doing this just for your ego, or is this going to qualify you? What doors is this going to open? Sure. Is it going to pay for itself, or at least you know, consider all those things. And uh, you know, a, a doctorate in astrology is probably not going to <laughs> uh, render uh, the it, what you put in. You maybe may or may not necessarily get out what you yeah. put in. So, if that's a bad example, forgive me. But no. but you You're can good. you can do it. It's just count the cost. Your spouse is your is your teammate. So so don't alienate them. It's so easy to do mm-hmm. because they don't know the workload directly like you do. So you have to work, you have to be willing to sometimes slow down. You want to get 10 things done in the day, but you may only get six or seven because you're still making time for a spouse and children. Um, and yeah, you're, you may be frustrated at how you did on a test, but that does not mean your kids deserve for you to come home yelling and screaming at them and projecting. So that self-awareness wow. yeah. is, is very important because nothing, you can do it, but if it's going to mean at the expense of being a good father to your kids and a good husband to your to your yeah. wife, don't do it or put it off until you're past this stage of life. That's awesome, man! This was incredible. I've enjoyed well, it. <laughs> thank you for thank you for having me on. Yeah, I appreciate you giving me some time. I know you're busy, and you know, we congratulations again. Yeah, congratulations again on. Your accomplishments, everything you're doing. I wish you you the best with all your pursuits in the future, and I look forward to talking to you again. I would welcome that. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for being with us today. Again, this is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.